Uncle Destiny's mom, what a tomato produce company, the law offices of John P. Strauss III, Asiento, FruitBrewHot.com, JankyTown.org, Brooke Heineken, Fervor Fervor, and Trina Roderick. Asiento. This locally owned Mission Neighborhood Bar and Restaurant is excited to be a sponsor for the festival. We hope you'll join us any night of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival for happy hour pricing all night long. Just mention that you are an audience member for happy hour pricing March 1st through the 5th at Asiento. Our address is 2730 21st Street at Bryant Street. Your address, I'll send you something. What do you mean? Uh, so... This a bottle of whiskey or something. Oh, da, 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 da. Um, so nothing, nothing exciting happened. Like, did Trump leave no, this morning? Or no, Biden's hair needed to have gel on it, and there uh, was a there was a poet girl. Her name was Amanda Gorman, and she looked like she was twelve, but apparently she's at Harvard. She's the she's the new poet laureate. Wow. And of the um, nation. Of the nation. And she's like yeah, a say. child? Yeah, she's young. She's a child. She looks like she's young. Yeah, but still, what what is it what kind of what does a twenty year old have to write poetry about? Oh, my boyfriend broke my heart. Oh, I'm so sad. Oh, really? Like what what deep what deep prophetic what deep amazing thoughts is this twenty year old having that she gets to be the poet laureate of the United States? Sorry. We're Twenty-two when they wrote Satisfaction, and it still kind of rings true today. So. But I mean, it was a lot of platitudes. But like, honestly, who who's gonna make the poet laureate? Who's a good, like a controversial poet? I don't know. Well, they had Maya Angelou one year. Um, She's like Maya Angelou, Angelou read at the Clinton inauguration. Yeah, um, yeah. It was a while. It was a while ago. But I, yeah, she was. I mean, it was just. And I think Charles Simich was poet laureate for a while, but I need to check well, that. And Bob Haas was too. He's not necessarily controversial. That's pretty cool. Who else was? It was Bob Haas, and then um, I mean, it's Robert like, Pinsky, maybe. Um, was that guy? Um, what's his name? Um, Quincy Troop was for a minute. Was uh, Mark Doty ever? Or is he just a T.S. Eliot prize winner? Um, Robert Lowell, Elizabeth Bishop was apparently. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've never, I've never seen the um, American Sign Language on the side of an inauguration before. I don't think I've ever seen an inauguration. <laughs> oh, Robert Pinsky was, yeah. Charles Wright, Tracy K. Smith, and Joy Har Hario. Oh, Joy Hario. Yeah. She was the last one. You know what, though? Yeah. If you make a 22-year-old... If you make a 22-year-old poet laureate, where do they have to go with their career in poetry? I mean, uh, there's only down. You can never... That's a great... No, she could be like, um, you know, she could do whatever. After yeah, that. but... Like... But that's like the that's like the height of... That's the height of poetry, is it not? Like, wh where else... And, and what if... if you're, like, you know I don't know. Better? I just feel like if you if you tell people when they're young that they're amazing, they have nowhere to go. 
And then they get depressed when like they, they aren't celebrated their whole life. If, if, if she's 32 and she hasn't done anything since being Pope Laureate, you know, in the future, it's going to, I don't know, wouldn't that, I don't know, just too much, too much acknowledgement when you're young kind of makes being old difficult if you don't continue to accomplish at the same rate of amazingness. Going back to what you were saying about uh, last week about the kind of reality fake it till you make it culture that we live in. Yeah. Like the other thing is people don't, you know, like back when we were little, like people were famous and then they weren't famous and they stayed not famous. But like nowadays, the fact that you were famous once means that you can continually dip into the fame stream and sh- or shake it, you know, shake it so that you're back on television for whatever reason. Huh. Like we wouldn't have a Corey Haim or a Dana Plato these days because they wouldn't be sitting in a trailer all worried about how they were, like you're saying, like right. how they were once on the top of the hill and now they're in a trailer and like get, getting all dissatisfied with themselves because they wouldn't ever have to be dissatisfied with themselves. They'd go on an infomercial, they'd, you know, like sponsor sure. some sort of product, they write a book, they go to Harvard and based on the fact that they were famous. You know Look, they're mean? wearing like, masks. That's good. People are so much more used to handling like a lifelong level of fame now, I think, because of the fact that people don't disappear from the public consciousness. You know what I mean? Sure. So, and I don't know. It used to seem very cruel, didn't it? Like when you contemplate Corey Haim or Dana Plato or whoever, like, or Scott Baio, like, look what Scott Baio's tried to do very unsuccessfully, right? Yeah. I mean, like, he's one of the people that was at that cusp of, like, you know, it used to seem very cruel to, like, discard these people. But I almost feel like it's cruel also to continue to think that they're interesting or insist that they're interesting. And it's cruel to everybody else, I feel like, too. Like, right. like there's that whole Hessian notion of, like, Oh, my brow is touched by God, and that's why people tend to start thinking that there's something. There is truly something special about them that separates them from everybody else. You know what I mean? So, and that's right. a dangerous road to go down. Money. I don't know. That's why I was because I was thinking. I mean, I have thought a lot of like you expressed a lot of things I've been thinking last week about the reality fake it till you make it culture. Yeah, and I've been thinking a lot about it. Like, yeah, because it's it's really. It's like, it's, there's a democratization about the idea that everybody's in, like what you were saying, everybody's interesting if you chunk your life together for 24 hours or whatever, or cut it into an hour and yeah. you were followed around. But there was a democratizing or a democratizing notion about the, the idea that average people are also interesting, right? Or, but I now I feel like it's, I don't know, I feel like it's gotten out of whack right. a little bit. Do you know what I mean? Like, so anyways, well, it's, just it's the taking pictures of your food culture. Like everybody's interested <laughs> in every moment of my life and I have to show you, this is what I'm eating. It's like, Wait, there's that too. when yeah. you put your shoes on, it's really not that interesting. It's, it's, well, I, I think it depends on the shoes. Touche. Uh, so, you know, um, yes, like... it does. It depends on the shoes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and the, like you were talking about them compressing like the footage that they take in reality shows, my best friend, Nathaniel, who might be dropping in, he worked for Survivor for like 12 years. Wow. And 
They don't fucking. My dream not... is to be on Survivor. That's like one of my. <laughs> it's like one that's of the my. That's one you get on Isn't it? it? That's one where you get like thrown on an island. You yes, get, like, and you have to and and you yeah. get well, you get voted off island. if yes. you're not cool enough. I'd get voted off so quickly. No, I wouldn't because I would be, I would collect all the firewood and therefore I would always find an immunity idol, and I'd cook for everybody. So they they wouldn't be able to get rid of me until the end because they need me because I'd be the only one actually working. Because these kids right. these days they don't know how to work. They're like, make me famous. <laughs> Do everything for me. Why am I not famous yet? And it's like, because you've never done anything. Like, yeah. But all of the, I mean, not all, but most of the drama on Survivor was manufactured. Like, they literally fomented conflict. But I mean, it wasn't real. Do you oh, know what I mean? Or I, like, well, I would cry. I can cry on camera. <laughs> I mean, I'm the loose cannon. <sighs> Put me out there, people. I will. I will cry. I will spill the tea. <laughs> I see, some of us are naturally melodramatic. <laughs> I will. I will. I will cry so much. I'm so competitive that if I don't win everything, I'll just break down. I'll be like, I don't have any food. I just want. And uh, it'll, it'll, I'll make some really good TV for people. It'll be exciting. Finally. I, yeah. I don't know. I just thought I really like. I was really like a fan of what you said last week. Yeah. Well, thank you. I was thinking on the way over here about how money is all made up and how we've just, they're just, it's just ones and zeros. And yet some people get more ones and zeros than others. And that all of these people in tech right now are working from home and they're all making money, but all they're doing is keeping the internet alive. All they're doing is keeping Zoom alive. They're not actually doing anything. They're not building anything or creating anything. Money's completely made up. And I was like, okay, so Biden's in and man, I need some money to keep Mutiny Radio going. And I know all people need money and, but there's no jobs and 50% of people are out of work. So we, do we just start giving it? Are we really going to forgive all these student loans? Or where are we going to get this money from? Money doesn't exist but they say it exists so where do we get it from we take it from the rich people and this is the perfect thing the government can do it because what the rich people are going to rise up there's more of us than there are of them take their money there's no reason for people to have 17 yachts there's no reason there's no reason for people to be so extract there's no reason for jeff bezos to have baby blood put into his body to stay alive forever jeff bezos what what the fuck do you need man we, the group, need stuff. So I'm so excited. I really hope that Biden actually just takes the rich people's money. Anybody who makes more than a million dollars a year, why? Why do you need that? What the fuck do you need that much money for? There's, I wouldn't even know how to spend. If you gave me, I live off $1,000 a month. If you gave me $5,000 a month, I would have no idea what to buy. I'd just be like, poof. <laughs> like, it wouldn't even. It's and, really so, horrible how much your spending can increase to fucking match how much money you have it's but well there's um yeah i don't know if they still do this but in the uk um either the financial times i think it's the financial times um used to publish a magazine um that came out i think it was every month something but it was literally called how to spend it <laughs> So, so it was like things, things that you, you know, you, you've got more money than you imagined you'd have in your life. So what do you do with it? And it was all just like luxury watches and, you know, I've never read an issue of it, but I'm, you know, it used to exist because they used to like every now and again, a, a journalist 
you know, doing like a, a column or, or something in a in a in a newspaper would be a bit stuck for what to write about. So they just have a look through an issue of this and go, oh, this is what rich people are into at the minute. <laughs> wow. And like this sort of outrage column or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember the first job I got at a dot com and being like and, and going down to like urban outfitters right and like this is you know like i mean we had been my boyfriend managed a porn shop on bay street like and i had been unemployed for a long time and i was just like i realized like like i could buy things at urban outfitters and then i realized like oh my god we could actually purchase a new couch as opposed to mm. going to the love project and trying to find our furniture like it was really it was a weird thing and so like you get I think like and then the guitars that we bought like do you know what I mean like it was just sort of like but it, I mean it's sort of is I guess a, it kind of is telling you know like what you choose to spend your this newfound I mean mm. wealth was a very is a very compared relative term in this fucking context yeah. like but like it's it was you know it was really weird to sort of have money to buy an Elvis mic you know like a like a two hundred dollar Elvis mic for the band like whoa like, do you know what I mean right but I still I still I be I don't know if it's just because of me or whatever and I've spent times where I had to steal like remember that salon that you came that I worked yeah at? yeah remember yeah yeah I, yeah, yeah. Like, you made my hair so pretty. Yeah, I was at that point. I was stealing toilet paper from that fucking salon. Oh yeah, to bring back to that house because we didn't have much money, and like, but you know, so I've I've spent time being you know I've spent time being broke and I've spent time being but like all my napkins have the Starbucks logo. I I don't think I've right, bought yeah. napkins yeah. ever. I I can't imagine. And I, I think it's I, like I steal toilet paper. Well, I, as, I can't afford toilet paper. You can't get toilet paper with food stamps. But pardon, say that you can't get yeah. toilet paper with food stamps. You can't. The only that- thing, no, you can't. Uh, food stamps, you can only buy food. So, and, and you can't buy hot food. I can only buy cold food. I can't buy toothpaste. I can't buy deodorant. Jeez. I can't buy floss. I can't buy any like hygiene items with my food stamps. But what I have learned is that I can buy baking soda with my food stamps, and I use that as toothpaste. I'm not kidding. Oh, I totally use baking soda for yeah. toothpaste. I, I mean, I don't. I can't. I, that's the only. That's there we go. <laughs> I'm, I'm poor. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's the thing is, I'm not poor. I actually feel quite rich. I feel like very, very lucky that I have hot and cold running water and a place to live, and my life is actually quite lovely. But it's, right. it's my overhead is so low. It's so low, and so I get really angry at people time. with high overhead. It's like, why does your overhead have to be so high? You don't have to. And then it's like, are you happier with more of that money and stuff and things? No, I don't think I don't. I can't imagine how much happier one is with the trappings of things. I don't. I don't. Who's happy right happy. now? COVID's making everyone unhappy because none of us get to hang out with each other. Yeah. So who's fucking happy? I don't know. Like, look at Anthony Bourdain. Oh, I know. Mm-hmm. I don't think that he actually meant to kill himself. I think it might have been an autoerotic asphyxiation kind of situation. <laughs> and that they didn't want to publicize that because they didn't want to besmirch his name or something. But, because I, I can't imagine, I can't imagine yeah. him. He was at, he, 
when he died too, it made me so upset because I'm like, you, dude, you're living everyone's dream life. At least right. like people that love to cook and travel, like you're living the dream. What? How could anything be bad, man? You just got back from Vietnam. Maybe who knows what personal issues were going on. I watched this, um, I watched this uh, video of, what's his face? The comedian with the hair, the long hair. Like a Zen dude now. Ugh. Comedian with the hair? Yeah, sure. That's good. That's gets us in the right direction. You mean like stand up or like he was on quiz shows a lot. He was a sex addict. Oh, what the fuck was his name? Ra Russ Russell Brand. Oh Russell oh yeah, right, Russell Brand, yes, yeah. <laughs> and he he has these videos on Facebook and he was like talking about Kanye West and like mental illness and whatever and he was like and you know if you're one of those people who is really jealous of famous people etc cetera, etc cetera, just take note because it obviously hasn't helped kanye brand very or kanye west very much you know what i mean like blah 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 blah, blah. is he crazy but yeah yeah oh, oh, <laughs> oh yeah he's I, like um he's like legit bipolar i don't i don't follow any i don't follow anything like, that's why i'm like what's this what's this is a virtual parade military what is this what's this virtual what parade this, on the screen what, what, what is a virtual parade what's this like i'm am i supposed to go to a different like i'm not sure if i'm supposed to go to a different if it's a virtual parade it's like yay we're in the parade too Woo! yeah we just we just pretending there's a parade yeah that's exciting <laughs> maybe that's what we should do if, if, if oh, not a lot of people turn up virtual parade so does that mean that like we presumably could join <laughs> people. It's a virtual parade. Like on that, like just the three of us on mass, like go join some weird virtual parade. We'd be, we'd be like that the dog that is like walking at the front of the ticker tape parade in that in that photo. There's like um I don't know if it's after a parade or before a parade, but there's like this picture that periodically goes around on Facebook of a dog that's happening to be walking along the road <laughs> where there's a parade and everyone is like throwing stuff into the road. And the dog, of course, is looking up because it thinks it's all for, you know, <laughs> it's like, oh, this is amazing. All these people like me, <laughs> you know. It's all for the dog. Did you know that this is the first, yeah. this is the first time in 150 years that the previous president did not attend the inauguration yeah. of the new president the first time in 150 years also the first time since the invention of the telephone that the standing president chose not to call and congratulate the winner the first time since the invention of the telephone i just crazy i just i just hit the hubris and the entitlement is and it's so scary and i'm wondering i keep wondering what's going to happen here with the rest of the united states if there's going to be riots or if the people are going to what they're going to do or what trump's going to do if he's just going to slink into the darkness or if he's going to do a thing today and if it's something we should be worried about or not i i mean i don't i'm a, i'm a little on edge i've been having some nightmares and stuff about about today and it's the smoothness of the transition and and yeah. what's and what's going to happen. I'm really glad they're wearing masks though because yeah. I, Melaniania and and um 
and Trump, they weren't wearing masks. And like for Melaniania, I get it, right? Well, what was, it doesn't matter what her name is now. I never knew because she never no, spoke. I think, I think that's brilliant. <laughs> but yeah, um, so Melaniania, of course she didn't wear a mask because she wouldn't want to cover up that beautiful face. I mean, why? <laughs> She's had so well, much work done on it. she has that amazing smile. You've seen her She just lights it up. <laughs> You know, I don't think I've ever <laughs> ever saw her smile. Well, she, I, I know she that's 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 the joke. She doesn't, she's she doesn't just always smile. like, she's, she's no, she's always frowning. just like, she's got a lemon. Yeah, she's had, the tur- she's had the screws turned quite a bit. Well, that's the like. thing is, if you have that much money spent true. on yeah. on uh facial reconstruction, you really shouldn't wear a mask, you should show off that expensive work that yeah. you've done to your face because she's she's like two years older than me, I think she's 48, and she looks oh. Amazing. Is Melania Trump? That's horrible. Ew. I don't think she looks younger though. She just looks kind of gaunt. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? She's just got like a sort of like her face is, is very angular, but yeah. it's not like it's not it's not like you know where you might say like you know David Bowie had like a really angular face and that gave him a peculiar kind of beauty. Um, Melania just. Pull the skin like back. She would kind time. of like cut you <laughs> if you sort of, you know. But it's kissed you know, like on... Sherlock, right? Like, oh, I could cut my hand on those cheekbones. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't yeah. even know what she's talking about. We did cover bitches, cheekbones, but but cheekbones, but. I, I had know, a I had a joke that I can't really do anymore now that she's not the first lady. But I mean, I guess I can. I can say that she never do it said one more anything. Time. Yeah. Well, so I was wondering. You know, she never spoke. I never got to make fun of her accent um, because she never spoke. And I I heard she spoke four languages, which is exciting. Um, and I was just like, choose one. Tell us on the doll where he touched you. Are you okay? Yeah. Like. Right. No. But so I was wondering when she was gonna say something about anything. And so I thought that maybe she would champion bulimia because, uh, you know, it makes kids four times the consumer. So it's really good for the American <laughs> economy because and she'd really be known as an environmentalist because she'd teach the kids to vomit into the composting, you know, <laughs> regurgitate, renew, recycle. It's highly acidic. If you're going to do it, you may compost. as well make it useful. You right? know, <laughs> exactly. It's going to be great for those wine vines in Napa. It's the. Highly acidic, <laughs> bile-flavored compost. It's going to be good. Oh. Um, yeah, that joke goes on and on. She's, she was from Slovenia or Slovakia. I, I don't know which one. They both border hungry. And my God, she's starving. Somebody somebody feed her. She could be okay. <laughs> so what are they talking about, these other presidents? What are they saying? Did they do this for every inauguration? They're like, our rich history of racism. <laughs> Oh, yeah. That guy's shouting. Three Harris. Yes. The longest inaugural address at 8,445 words on March 4th, 1841. John Adams' inaugural March address, 4th. which totaled 2,308 words, contained the longest sentence at 736 this, Really? Words. Okay, enough. This is the inauguration's <laughs> over, right? What's happening? What are these? What are these facts they're throwing at us? In the history is actually quite interesting, and they they just made it boring there. <laughs> okay, dude. History is. I wonder I... what the longest sentence was. Like, 
is there any indication that he kind of like did he set out to deliberately write the longest sentence or did he just notice that it was getting quite long and think I could I could pad this out a bit you know screw and punctuation just... <coughs> lots of semicolons yeah <laughs> although that's not really it's not something you can necessarily tell if something's delivered live whether that's it's true. like a semi how was Biden's speech? Uh, yeah, no, I don't. I mean, I've never watched. This sucks. because Well, it doesn't. I mean, whatever. It was a last minute thing. But I have never watched a fucking inauguration because it's too early in the morning. Right. <laughs> well, so like, I didn't. So I didn't know that there was like all this build up to it. Like we missed J-Lo singing and Lady Gaga saying. But that would have all been like pre 9 a.m for you so like what you know like it was just the but they also started 10 minutes early huh so like i don't know then there was also this weird long silence before they introduced him and i wonder if it was deliberate like they were like this is where donald trump would go and we're gonna have this big empty space where like he because it would normally be previous president and he's not here right wow. like, yeah but john didn't know either like john wessick was here for like like up until like for a little bit like he didn't know either so i don't know like but he just talked and then they had the poets they oh my god then after they after <laughs> after he talked they were like ladies and gentlemen Garth Brooks and I just cackled like I couldn't control myself. Like I was like, like I was like, what the fuck? Ladies and gentlemen, Garth Brooks. Like the most ridiculous statement after this like huge, like really sort of um um I don't what's the word I'm looking for? Like almost maudlin hyperbolic speech about unity and the cascade of of crises and that the that we as the nation face and all this stuff and ladies and gentlemen garth Brooks. Yeah. and now absolutely. look over here well no i mean it's absolutely right it's it, this is an incredibly scary time and our numbers for covid are spiking it is worse now than it was at the beginning and san francisco's numbers have been growing like exponentially which is like what um and then yesterday um trump is his like last thing to do as president he opened up travel from europe to the united states so y'all are able to come back to bring that crazy new covid over i guess until they shut that down again that was like the last thing he did it's like he wants to kill us i really think he's going to be tried for war crimes if if there truly is a we're calling it a a war on covid like he's going to be tried for war crimes because he wouldn't wear a mask it's all trickle down thought i mean i know trickle down economics don't work but trickle down thought really does if the person who's in charge of everything says this isn't real and doesn't wear a mask that makes all the people that follow that person say this isn't real i'm not wearing a mask and it's i mean this is this is pretty it's this is getting pretty fucking serious like and maybe and maybe diseases don't matter maybe maybe it should be herd immunity and and the and the earth is cleansing the population 
of a bunch of people because there's too many of us and we're and we're growing exponentially and maybe this is the earth's way of saying like get the fuck out of here some of you and maybe this is the government's way of saying 50% of the United States is out of work right now. There's 50% unemployment. We haven't had numbers like that. What are we supposed to do? And when when when, right. when work comes back, is it really are is the service industry dead? Yeah. I mean, so that's what we did. We uh, I mean, bars, like, I mean, restaurants, it's a weird thing to think about the sort of population economics of it because you can see where somebody might think, oh, like, yeah, it's like, this'll be great. Like, like that, that sort of industrialists would be thinking, oh, good. Like this way we don't have to take care of, there's not X amount of useless ears crawling around demanding blah, blah, blah. But like, in the wake of the plague in Europe, like that kind of, like historically it's pretty acknowledged that it gave birth to the union and peasant movements and set the scene for labor movements. And in fact, like, because there weren't enough people to do the labor, right? Right. So they, so people who weren't rich had more power. So it's kind of like, if in fact, that's what they're thinking, like we're gonna get rid of useless eaters, it's going to bite them in the ass because then, because with less in the pool of have nots, they have more power. The le- the more the pool dwindles, do you know what I mean? Right. So like, yeah. you can't, I mean, you need, you know, if you're a rich person, you need somebody to cut your hair. That's why I went to well, peace no, we need, actually. But the, the gut, our, our nation runs on consumerism. We, they right, need exactly. us to be consumers, which is why money doesn't exist. And they just keep giving us, they are like, take the money, buy the things we need you. We need you to yeah, buy all you're good at is buying. But then if we can't make anything, I don't know. I'm really, I'm really worried about, I mean, okay. The reason communism doesn't work is because it only works in small groups so communism's yeah. awesome if you have 50 people or less, right? Like you have to know everybody's names and care about them for communism to work. If, if it's on a big, huge, huge level, the reason it becomes unfair is because you're like, I don't know that person. Why are they getting that? And I'm getting like, why am I working so hard and using all my gifts equally? And they're good. Like it's, but if you know everybody and you're symbiotically working and there's like a baker and there's a child caretaker and there's, then everyone truly is equal because you do need every part to make the machine work, to make that small society, that commune function it takes everyone and if you have an extra person yes you get them out you get get over to the other town buddy get over to the other commune we don't we don't need a second baker (laughs) you know like they need a baker go 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 and be with them or whatever and i know it's a simplistic view of it but right now we have all these people that are super rich that think they deserve it and it's like you haven't done anything Again, with the brow, like they've been touched by some, you know, by God or whatever, and they deserve it. Yeah. Like, it's very, I mean, yeah, no. Although, like, I, I don't know. I think any time, in any sort of governing system, when people, when the further that people, especially rich people, become isolated from what's happening on the ground, 
the, the alienation, which is one of the sort of the central concepts of Marxism, like, which I believe in, I like a, alienation becomes even, that becomes really damaging. Like there's like out, you know, outrageously damaging and that's how people become Marxists. Right. right. Well, like, you know, what did I learn today walking here on the street is that um, heroin addicts have really solid poops. That's one of the things about opiates is it makes your poop yeah, solid. heroin makes you really constipated. Right. Yeah. So, so, I you mean, know, it, it is when you are taking a shit on the street, at least it's not like a liquidous poo because that would be like super gross. But if it's just like a big pine cone, I mean, eh, easier to clean up, I guess. So really there's a lot of there's it's, a lot of people sleeping so in, on the street. so in a way all homeless people should be heroin addicts. be heroin addicts, be on her- yeah. because it would be easier for people to clean up yes absolutely <laughs> well, I, lived, I lived around do you remember the old hole in the wall on eighth street yeah yeah it was like yeah yeah okay so i lived around the corner like just crawling distance from the hole in the wall in this little alleyway called sumner and I lived in the basement apartment. There were a couple steps down to the front door, oh. and tw- and there was a there was a not a needle exchange, but like a like some sort of it wasn't obviously like a re- like a residential rehab, but it was some sort of crisis center sure. just across yeah. the street in the alley. And I'm not saying that it was because of this fucking. Like play, you know, place that people were going for crisis intervention, like drug methadone or something. Yeah, yeah. But twice I tried to leave the apartment and there was human shit on the doorstep. Oh. And one time time it was like little, well, like actual red blood, like there were sort of. Oh god, that's bad. It was really crazy. I couldn't leave the house. Like I was like, ah. Yeah, that's (laughs) right. It's. Well, especially if you were downstairs, it'd be a hidden place. And it's, I mean, so my my point is that there should be bathrooms. There should be public restrooms. The point is that there should be housing that nobody in one of the richest cities in the United States that we cannot house these 8,500 people is insane to me. And that we're saying, oh, we've got this COVID crisis. We're shutting everything down. Everything's shut down. We've got. I wish there were other problems that we could shut every... We've got 8,500 homeless people. Shut everything down till we fix this problem. We need to fix it. Nobody's fixing that problem. And it's... And we just... We're like, well, this is the way it is. And it doesn't have to be like that. When you've got the Twitter right there and you've got the Google and you've got kids making 6,000 bucks a month. Why... And that's not even that much for this city, I guess. I just don't understand. I, I'm a, I don't have money. I can't fix the problem. But there's all these people with money, and they yep. just walk over everybody all the time. And oh, that's gross. And there's poop on the street, and this and that. And it's like, you literally have the power to do something yeah. about it. Instead of spending seven hundred and four, there's a line outside of Louis Vuitton, uh, two days ago. What? I'm like. There's a line what? outside of because you know only certain people are allowed in the Louis Vuitton Shouldn't store. They... Antifa about the line. I mean, come on. Like if should, we're gonna should... be like, attack the line out of side Louis Vuitton. Come on. Exactly. Shouldn't they, be... Shouldn't they be ordering stuff online anyway and not yeah. you know, like I think they with... be queuing. I think with status symbols like that, 
it's not just, I think that being in a queue yes. means that you're like, look at me, I'm in line for Louis yeah. Vuitton. Because even when you buy these status symbols, where are you going to wear them where people are going to think? And it's yeah. so silly. Louis Vuitton backpack is what? Like $2,500. And it's tiny and stupid and kind of ugly. Yeah. And what is the point of that? The point of it is to show everybody else that I have $2,500 to spend on this backpack. And that's insane yeah. to me. What? status symbols to say that you that you're better than other people you, what like what is the intrinsic value of a human and do we even see that anymore and are we acknowledging that do are you so unacknowledged in your life and with the people that surround you that the way that you need to acquire that good feeling is by value. having expensive items that make you feel better than your neighbor seriously Really? It's not even functional, right? Like, cause like you said, they're small. They're not even functional. Yeah. Like you buy a yacht. Oh my God. I watched on the ferry back from Belfast. Okay. I don't know if you know about this, Pam, but it's, I have been avoiding it for probably 15 years. I watched. The ferry from Belfast? Of <laughs> what? No, what, what have you been avoiding? I'm sorry. Um. I've been, I so because I couldn't get, I could like when you try to watch Amazon on the ferry that goes from Belfast to Scotland, from Northern Ireland to Scotland, like I couldn't get Amazon oh. Prime to show me any other TV show besides top fucking gear. Oh, God. Oh. Christ. <laughs> would be like, ah, like that's. <laughs> That's worse than not being able to watch anything. I just was like, fine. <laughs> <laughs> but they were so okay. So explain it for Pam because you know. Yeah, I don't know what Top they... Gear is. I, it's it, it it's it's a yeah. okay. So to top, do with cars. I'm, I'm assuming this would be like the Amazon Prime version of Top Gear, though, which was like the um, because so Top Gear is a British television show about cars, essentially. It's its nominal purpose is to review cars and let people know which cars are better than other cars. Um, and it's gone through various incarnations. Its most successful incarnation was when it was hosted by um, three presenters. Um, James May, um, Richard Hammond, and most famously, Jeremy Clarkson who is a really, really annoying Tory dickhead who <laughs> blusters about and writes opinion columns every week for, like, absurd amounts of money in the Telegraph, saying main, that, you know... The main thorn in his paw is political correctness. Like Yeah, that, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, but, but what he interprets is, like, like, most recently he interpreted political, political correctness to mean um, that he's sick of parents moaning about their kids not being able to eat because that's been one of the big things oh. with the crisis over here is that there are a lot of families in Britain which are on free school meals uh -huh. um, where the kids get, get free meals at school. And that's basically the only meal they get during the day. Wow. But they're not you know, 
And if they aren't able to get to school during the pandemic, they don't get their food. So there have been a lot of fights about getting vouchers to the families so they can buy food. And, you know, the Tories have been very resistant to this because they don't like giving people any kind of welfare benefits. They basically, like, they have this, like, you know, they... Yeah, they, they're, they're, they're just really, really draconian about that. And so this had blown up again recently when the government had announced that instead of vouchers, which there were a load of bullshit stories in the press saying, oh, people are exploiting the vouchers, people are using them to buy you know, alcohol and stuff, which they couldn't no, because there were rules about what you could and couldn't buy with the food vouchers. Right, it's the same thing as you food know, stamps. Like, like the food stamps. And... So the government instead gave a contract to this company called Chartwells, which does catering for various things to send families food bags, um, which which they called euphemistically hampers, like like a luxury hamper. But it was like they were supposed to be getting thirty pounds worth of food in these bags, but what arrived for them was like. Um, they would literally get like half a green pepper and <laughs> some tins of beans and some some tuna which had been put in in a bag like you'd like you'd put coins in. Oh my god. Just a, a bunch of flakes of tuna, some pasta in these bags. Just really, really shockingly trying to get them to make like a tuna casserole with the beans and the pepper. I don't even know what they could have cooked because the because this was supposed to be like ten days worth of, of food oh my God. for a kid, and it did not look like you know. Um, and someone priced this stuff up. They said, you know, how much is? And they worked out that it was it wasn't thirty pounds worth of food they were getting. It was five pounds worth of food. Wow. So Chartwells, coincidentally, is a Tory donor. They were basically getting thirty quid off the taxpayer taking 25 pounds of it for themselves and giving families five quids worth of food. Well, of course, and... that's capitalism. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And they were magic beans. And... They're magic beans. You see, kids only yeah. need one bean, and then, a, and then know, a plant grows inside of I them. I think it's to mention, AJ, that a lot of people in the UK get most of their nutritional uh, intake from fairy liquid. What's <laughs> Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, Trump tried to do the same thing to food stamps two years ago. Because I've been on food stamps for quite some time. I, I, I'm an artist. I, I, I think there's no shame in the game. My, nope. my chosen yeah. career is not monetarily valued currently by the society that I exist yeah. in. Is, yeah. is my artistic endeavor, endeavors, is, is the forwarding of speech, free speech and, and radio and, and um, you know, critical thought and radical self-expression. Is that important? I think it's important. So uh, the, the society doesn't value that. I don't make as much money as I should. That's fine. I'm on food stamps. It's great. I love it. I love my food stamps. I think everyone should have access to food. I think everyone should know how to cook. I think yeah. all of these are very important skills that we've let go. And they don't, they're not ancestral skills. We're supposed to be able to denature protein through heat to survive. Okay, anyways, to my point. Trump two years ago wanted to take food stamps away and instead give us, like, like what you're doing over there at the Tories, um, boxes of food. And mm -hmm. we all riled against it because it's like 
what what are you taking away our freedom of choice of what we can eat? What if I'm a vegan? What if yeah. what if the box comes with processed cheese? What if I don't like and and there well, people are buying lobster with food stamps. Well, you know what? Live lobster down at Sun Fat, which takes food stamps, is only nine ninety nine a pound. And I'm really good at cooking yeah. lobster, and that's cheaper than a lot of meats. Like some yeah. steak is like twelve dollars, twelve ninety nine a pound. So it, if saying lobster with food and there was another person foie gras with food stamps well you know calorie for money foie gras in moose it's it's really really fatty and it's not that expensive yeah just because i'm poor doesn't mean i i don't have good taste like right yeah and so i was so offended when he thought that that was a good idea because and i i think it's in any capitalistic society we just don't we hate poor people. I, somehow we blame them yeah. for being poor. And uh, for me personally, it's a choice because I'm an artist. But with the racial history of our nation, so many people have been left behind and have not been given the same opportunities. And to not acknowledge that and be, we we hate the poor. You're poor for a reason. Oh, you're a crackhead for a reason. Oh, the Well, we di- we are still all together. We did this, and I'm just I'm really hoping that yeah, this yeah. next administration takes some responsibility for like what, what's we we demonize the poor and they used to have two jobs, but now we don't have any jobs. And why are some jobs so monetarily valued when others are not? It just and it's also insane to me that you can if you have your own baby. You don't get any money, but if you take care of someone else's kid, that's a job. But taking care of your own kid right. is not a job, and you have to go out and work yeah. two jobs to pay someone else to take care of your kid because it's not valued because your labor isn't valued. Yeah. I, I yeah. just yes, I hope I hope that well, we get just, some more Marxist yeah. values. And I remember back in undergrad, we met. Uh, there, I had this class called Women in Collective Action. And it was really good. My my prof was a socialist, by the way. But she um, she had a woman from. There's a union called uh, Wages for Housework. Mm. Yes. Yeah, and I've heard of this. Yeah. She, it was so cool. Like she was like, I mean, like, cause it's. I mean, you know, it's still true. I mean, well, maybe not for people younger than us, but like. It's still true that boys kind of like you can have a guy who works. You can be dating somebody or living with somebody who works. And especially Gen X boys, like I feel like they have some kind of like pass ag, like <laughs> you wanted to be a, you wanted to be everything, so now yeah. now you can work and fucking come home and fry up the bacon and or take home the bacon and fry it up in a pan. Yeah, like and they they just feel like I, and it's not because from their professed politics they could be as woke as whatever, but they're lazy as fuck around the yeah. house. They don't know how to. They've never cleaned. Like they have cleaned, but they like what? Like, would you not want? Would you not poke comb the back of your fucking head because you can't see it? Like wipe <laughs> under the. Toilet. Yeah. What I mean, like what the fuck? But like, so I mean, if you count all the hours that w- most that women spend, like maintaining the domicile and dealing with children and the schedule, like I mean. You know, even my little sister, her husband, and they're, you know, she's not, she's like, she's still Gen X, I think, like, but 
her husband, man, like he doesn't do shit besides <laughs> like he, in fact, she confided in me. I probably, it's like, she was like, there was some, something happened. I don't know. It was weird. And she couldn't be there and like, blah, blah, blah. And she had to spend half an hour with the kids. <laughs> I have two girls. It. And he was like, and she told me, she was like, that's the first time since, and the, the oldest was eight. She was like, that's the first time he spent half an hour with the kids by himself ever in the entirety of the kids like being born and i was just like and he's a total fucking maga guy like oh he's like but anyways like i mean it's just so but but like the what what the woman said about like how wages for housework was really the reason that it was so sort of like intriguing and kind of powerful is a little melodramatic but like was because I th- it was such an it, they she was talking about like that it's not so much that the strategy of that there was a larger strategy of actually um accurately labeling labor labor yeah. you know what yeah. I mean like it's a fight for almost like a reality based definition of labor yeah like, well it's that there's all this invisible work that goes on that because of because what work is defined as has always been defined by men and patriarchy that like what women generally typically do is like in it's like invisible labor except sex work sex work they call it the oldest profession they they literally call sex work the oldest profession and yet it's it's still demonized and it's not valued the way that it should there's no there's no safety and why because men need it and want it but they don't want to value women and the era was never passed in the united states and i know black lives matter a hundred percent and we should be dealing with racism in this country but you know what we never even dealt with the rampant misogyny and the patriarchy that exists that our ex-president said grab him by the pussy and we let him be in office for four years that that happened says that only some people hate black people, but everyone hates women. Why? Why? Why do we still hate women? Because we are literally the means of production. Because Marx was right. We control the means of production. We make... The reason that we're subjugated constantly is that we're fucking feared because we are so immensely more powerful and capable than what the patriarchy has allowed us to be and has said what we are and... We are constantly devalued, constantly yeah. mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. all of every. I mean, the housework, having children, having sex, that sex work isn't, I mean, I was. It's not considered. It's not considered work, except that there is an exchange when you get married. That's one of the things. And they've set us up with oh, yeah. these roles, these roles that we're supposed to play, that this, ah, uh, but the women, I was married and I I came from, you know, Judeo-Christian background and I was kind of taught that like when your husband wants sex, it's your duty as a wife to give it to him. Whether you are into it or not, you got to take one for the team because you're married now and that's the way it ha- That's the way it works. And anyway. No, it's, I just enjoy the phrase applied to it. I mean, I think there is some, I mean, ah, like we're there. I feel 
like there is some progress, at least in the sex work issue, but maybe it's because I don't run in circles, Tory Republican circles, but like I feel like I feel like, or maybe there's so much, maybe there's a lot of vitriol and I don't know about it because I like try to keep that out of my mind. But I do feel like even in leftist circles, like I've been, you know, pretty intentionally freaking isolated from the enemy for a long time. <laughs> but even within like, like progressive slash democratic, whatever, I have seen definitely a shift about sex work. And I, you know, I remember in undergrad, like I taught a class on radical and socialist feminism mm. and like the, the very, the like, so, okay. So several things that you've said, Pam, like one of the main things, and this is of course, back in the day between radical feminists and socialist feminists was where is the primary, where's the primary oppression coming from? That's mm -hmm. the original or race, the original oppression, or is the original sort of othering, is it, was the original othering based on gender or you know what I mean? And so like, well, yeah, gender. Typical gender roles. Yeah. No, I know what you mean. But, yeah. but like, but like, so, okay. So radical feminists who I believe would now be called TERFs were mostly mm -hmm. like, it's women, patriarchy's the original sin, blah, 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 right? And then they would be, be very exclusive. And socialist feminists were, proponents of what I think is more accepted, what I can, I feel like is more accepted now, which is like the race, class, gender, intersectionality, mm -hmm. right? Like, and it's all, that it sort of all happened at once. And we can't really say like, where was the original othering and oppression, the source of it. But like, to at, at that time, like, I felt like the pinnacle of these two sort of theories, the socialist feminist theory and the radical feminist theory were, should sort of like fucking figure out how to work it out over sex work, yeah. right? Because yeah. at the time, like radical feminists were more like, ew, heterosexual sex is icky. All heterosexual sex is rape, blah, 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 right? And socialist feminists were not, obviously they were not like that. They were like, we have working class brothers. It's horrible to try to tell a black woman that her brother is a rapist. Like he was oppressed too. He is oppressed too. Do you know what I mean? Like blah blah right. blah blah. We all have. So like, but it, so it, to me, like, but I had a like a half my class was like really pissed off about me bringing up because I did I did a whole presentation on the hookers union which mm. started in San Francisco in 1972 and it was called coyote which stands for call off your old tired ethics which I think is yes. awesome. that's <laughs> great like, anyways, like it was cool like the original name. sex workers union they're so cool so it started by this woman named Margot St. James anyways so I like <sighs> thing about them blah 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 and like people were like eh! like and actually oh my god this is a great story I'm sorry <sighs> I had to call, like, because there were not, there was like fucking zilch academic material on fucking hookers unions, huh. right? Like, but, well, of course. So I did my research by calling around like women's organizations in San Francisco, because that's where Coyote was based, asking if anybody knew how I could get in touch with fucking Coyote, right? And 
like blah 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 blah. I had to leave messages a lot of places, and then I got I got a call from Now, and remember this: it's Now National Organization for Women. And this chick left a fucking message on my machine where she was like, and this, I remember, I'm a college student, like, it's the mid-90s, like, whatever. And she's like, you know what? Like, I, we got your message about, you know, you wanting to talk to people from, from Coyote. And we just want to say that now does not approve of, se- of, like, of sex workers' unions. And we don't have word of sex work. And it's like, it's oh. absolutely like, like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Ex- like, um, ugh. What's the word? Like, oh, well, like it's oppression of women. They do. Is it about morality? Blah, 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 blah. And so, you know, blah. And I was like, bitch, like I wanted to call her back and be like, bitch, I didn't fucking ask for your opinion. And like, what the hell? Like, are you, are you cock blocking me about research (laughs) on a subject? Like, where's your spirit of fucking independent thought? Or like, like just because you disapprove of sex work or the unionizing of fucking sex workers doesn't mean that people shouldn't talk about it. Like, yeah. what the fuck, right? Yeah. So then I got this phone call and I happened to be in my room at the time and it was this woman and I think she worked for NARAL and uh-huh. she gave me the number of the head of Coyote but she told me never to fucking tell anybody that, well, now I'm telling like, but like, she was like, don't tell anybody I gave this to you because everybody hates them and like, blah, blah. It was like wow. insane. Anyway, so that's like, but so, so take that. That's 1995, right? Mm. I doubt that if you tried to talk about sex work now, that you, there would be such a fucking conspiracy of silence around it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so at least that's some progress, like in terms right. of like kind of defining labor and like sort of empowering, like around sex ish, you know. But, anyways, but I think that's because of the internet and the proliferation mm. of internet. Yeah. Like, now everybody likes butt sex. When I was growing up, nobody. Yeah, nobody about was doing. I know that was not on the menu at all. Right, like, exactly. And now it's everywhere. Not it's like sex what? Is a bad thing. Let's no, real, I but... mean. <laughs> well, and anyway, and then we get into porn. How come? Here's here's this is the crazy thing. How come if you have sex for money, it's illegal, but if you film it, then it's legal? Right. It makes no sense yeah. to me. So. If you want to have sex for money, if you, or if you, that's the other thing. Sometimes you have to, and with the whole crack epidemic and with opiate addiction, how many people are training sex work for drugs? I mean, that's very common. Mm -hmm. And, but then it's just, it's just taking out the middleman. Cause if you trade sex work for money and then buy drugs with your money i don't know i kind of prefer it that way i think that because then you know what the value is for what you're putting out there but it's and and not that this was like in 2003 where there was like a whole thing on craigslist where like girls would be i can't my computer my dell laptop updated itself and i can't fucking get it to goddamn work if you're a Dumb. If you're like a geek, come over and fix my computer. I'll give you a blowjob. Wow. I don't. I don't. I I can see that actually. Like especially if you like. Oh, anyways, whatever. (laughs) I actually had a friend in San Francisco who used to like, like we would take a cab from like the fucking like Sunset District back to Soma or whatever, 
and she like she would wave us out of the car and we finally realized that she wasn't paying for the cab she was giving the cab driver blowjobs wow <laughs> and we were getting like for and because she'd be like no i'll take care of it and we'd be like what is taking her so long anyways <laughs> so funny well i mean it, if you like giving blowjobs why not have valued, come over? if if there's a value on it and you can yeah. See, but then we're still in a trade. It's still well, trade-based economy. It's still not technically valued. You know, it's so fungible. Feminists would be like, oh, you're being exploited and you don't even know it. Blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? Well, so. you know, everybody's been telling well, me, I've, I've been wondering what I'm going to do for money because I, I am actually very concerned um, in these crazy COVID times. I, I really have no idea. I'm going to have to call unemployment later and figure out how small businesses get money. I, I'm like, do I just fail or what do we do but people keep saying well why don't you just get an only fans you're skinny what only fans they're like basically people are saying i know people that do i'm like nobody wants to look at my 46 year old titties and they're only like fans? only fans is a site where it's like a thing you people like people what? pay you to do things on video or whatever only fans oh. it's called only fans and it's right. like a patreon thing kind of but they they just give you money and you do things and i was like but all i would do is like read virginia wolf's a room of one's own naked nobody wants to see my hairy pussy and my my you know am i gonna pluck my nipple hairs for you only fans like is that i mean that's what i would do i guess i'd be like i will pluck my nipple hairs if you give me my but people keep saying oh you should do an only fans to make I money i don't know I have a friend in Tulsa. Well, I haven't talked. She was a friend of a friend, but she she was a big girl. She had a client that would pay her to watch, that would pay her so that they could watch her eat a Stouffer's family-sized lasagna. Wow. Not joking. So uh, I'm just saying. If you can right. imagine it, then there are probably people who it get off on it. So, yeah, but is this called. is the rule thing. Rule 36. How about okay. this? I have if, two well, master's rule, rule degrees. Rule 36 is, if you can imagine it, there's porn of it. But I have but two it, master's know. degrees, and I have an undergraduate degree in theater and dance. And yeah, my bod is pretty good for a 46-year-old, but I should be able to make money off my fucking brain. I don't. One of the reasons yes. that I am smart and I think all the time is that I don't have to do sex work. And if I do, and not that there's anything wrong with it, but... I have two master's degrees. I shouldn't have to suck dick for money. I shouldn't have to show myself naked and subjugate myself in any way. I should be able to survive. And that right now, it's like, and I know it's impossible for everybody. I know. But there's got, there, what's the way out of this? Is it really that, I, am I going to have to work in an Amazon like warehouse is that what oh, it's coming gosh. to but what else are the jobs clearly it's like you can't force anymore i can't teach i'm gonna i'm gonna zoom teach fuck you i can't teach teaching is like a i just i don't see zoom as a viable teaching tool i think that it's the best that we've got for these crazy covid times but i don't People that are paying, I have a buddy who's going to Berkeley right now. He's paying regular Berkeley tuition and everything is on Zoom. How, what are they paying for? You're basically saying that education is a sham, that, that it's a piece of paper 
that is meaning. Like, it's like, about and, the, and it's a piece of paper that's about connections. And how are you supposed to connect with your classmates and your people and make connections in any sort of meaningful sense when it's all online? Like, I don't know. I think the world's going to hell in a handbasket, and I don't know how to fix it. Are we gonna Are we gonna do a writing prompt? Like, because I think kids, like you know, the younger generation, <clears throat> people who grew up with having things online don't feel I'm and I don't I'm I'm theorizing here I have no firsthand knowledge but I feel like maybe they don't feel like it's so like that the online stuff is so alienating yeah. well then I mean you, that, that that's the maybe the our people are evolving in and it's involving in a way that I think is disgusting and it's purposeful. I did never want to get this smartphone and I kind of, I had to, I guess, but the thing that makes me crazy now, it doesn't call and it doesn't, it, I have spots where I can't text. It's easier for me to use messenger than it is to actually use the texting function of my phone. It's easier to, to use zoom than it is to make a motherfucking phone call. And I feel like, we're moving they're moving us into this computer world they want us to stare at screens and not connect with each other and i'm like what is the purpose of that why force this or get people used to this alienation and now we're raising kids to be like oh yeah of course alone and alienation that's just the way it is (laughs) i guess human connection whatever i'm just gonna play world of warcraft for 50 hours uh, pump me full of meth and have me I mean I don't know I can't I can't stare at a screen for more than like can you imagine like like developing a meth habit during lockdown like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it'd be the worst but although I think a lot of people are legitimately happy right now because every teenage boy that's always just wanted to stay home and play video games 24 hours a day, <laughs> it's their fucking dream. Oh, there I can. There's a name that I discovered like before lockdown, and it's like um, a Japanese word. And it was like there was concern about it in Japanese culture about specifically boys who don't or most mostly boys who don't want to leave their homes like they live with their parents still and they're like just video games blah blah blah. and it had this great picture of this kid with like two samurai swords (laughs) yeah i heard about like the same phenomenon there there were over a million of them and they were getting worried because they hadn't left their house in over a year yeah and they were everything was delivered in Uh, they just never left and now i Honestly, I've been I've been going nutballs and I still have been talking with some people and I I get a lot more human interaction than the average bear, but it's not enough for me. Like I'm still lonely and craving like human I I hugged my friend yesterday for like 30 seconds and I was like I'm enjoying this too much. I haven't been hugged in I mean it felt like weeks. Um, right. and it's, I mean, that's, I don't know. And, and I'm just a sensitive person, you know, I guess. Like, I don't know. I, I talked to my downstairs neighbor. It's like socially distant and stuff, but I still, like, I come upstairs and I'm like, I just got kind of like a dopamine hit off her laugh. Yeah. <laughs> like, Seriously. I, or like, 
I miss there's friends. He's a very talk guy at the grocery store. He's very chatty. And like we chat through the plastic guard. And I always walk away like, whoa, like, <laughs> that was fun. Wee. <laughs> no, I, I 100% agree. I used to, I mean, I used to work in a bar. I used to constantly interact with people and it was great. And, and I'm, I really miss that. I found tiring. You know what I mean? Like, like I'm definitely one of those people that like, I'm more like, like I, I am sort of introverted and like when I hang out with people a lot, like if I have like a weekend where I go away with friends or something that I, for the next week, I'm like, do hold up inside recharging. (laughs) But like, this is, this is a little fucking extreme for sure. I could never get I enough. Was, I I want, I mean, if I could be around people was, all the time, I would. <laughs> I don't like leaving the house anyway. Ha 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 ha. So like, yeah. No, I'm definitely, like, I think everybody's getting, like, really fucking sick of it. And, like, and things are crazy. Things are more dangerous <laughs> over there again now, right? Like, I heard that you guys have the new COVID now. We're all on tier four, I think. Is it everybody on tier four, AJ? I think we're on like just national lockdown now. Yeah. Like it's not, it's not even all tier four now. It's just, it is a lockdown. Yeah. Um, because yeah, we had, we had a new strain of COVID that, uh, that came out basically because the government's mishandled everything so badly yeah. that, you know, like um, they've reclassified tons of people as key workers who aren't really key workers um so that they basically it it comes back actually to this school thing because you know technically you're not supposed to go to school unless you're the child of a key worker but you know because it's child they want to kind yeah well well exactly And, and so basically what they're doing is they're just um they're redefining what a key worker is so that they can keep more people going out to work um, outside of, you know, outside of their homes, you know, even, you know, the official advice is if you can work from home, you should, but not all companies um, are like actually letting, letting their employees work at home. Like construction sites are still really busy. Yeah. Um, There's still things like I, People can't go into. Ha, yeah, no, yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> and so yeah, it's so it's 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 kind of out of control here at the minute. To be honest, um, we had. Do you have restaurants? Do you, you don't have restaurants open for eating, but you have to go things, yeah. We, you, like yeah, you carry like, out. You can get takeaways, or you can get stuff delivered in, but you can't like. Yeah. You can't sit down and. A Deliveroo is still working, and yeah. My- my job totally contracted my hours to zero. Wow. So, like, I have no money coming in mm. at all. So yes. I'm going to be going back to that toilet paper stealing phase of my life. Yeah. <laughs> like, sort of like, uh, like, there's a low hum of, like, you know, anxiety about that. But, um, and of course, I just got fucking Prosecco delivered, whatever. Like, it'll <laughs> take some time for me to comp- to ramp it down. But, like... I, because uh, because I have a motorcycle, like at first I was thinking about deliver helping deliver for charities, like a food bags and stuff. Yeah. Like, and I've done that a couple of times. The, the complex, it's not a, it's not like an apartment complex I live in, but it's like a little housing. Yeah. A bunch of cottages or whatever. It's literally called Harlan Cottages. 
because I have my downstairs neighbors are all like kind of single old ladies. So like sometimes like I'll make a big pot of stew and give everybody oh. whatever. But like, actually, this is horrible. But you know what, Pam, I have to tell you that at some point during the inauguration, I went looking for my phone because I was worried. Like I was like, what happened to Pam? Because you weren't coming into the waiting room. And I was like, where the fuck is Pam? And I looked for my phone because I was sharing my screen. So I couldn't like go to You're on the phone. On <laughs> I was like, I swear to God, Pam, I found my phone in the refrigerator. Wow. Wow. That's hilarious. I was like, where the fuck is my phone? And it was in the goddamn refrigerator. I was like, holy that's... crap. And that's when I saw that you had been messaged. Are you like are... talking about menopause, man? I know menopause has been making me crazy this past couple of weeks too. Also, I think that's why I'm super sensitive and I've lost the plot and I've been seeing ghosts, but I've been, I've been having like the craziest night sweats. Like, cause I have a motorcycle, so I'm probably going to start doing Deliveroo yeah. like for money. Cause I, I got that, the kid, bat, the kid who comes to our open mic. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. He does Deliveroo in Belfast and he seems oh. quite happy with it so and i you know it would be fun to i delivered for postmates in yeah. san francisco like back you know before i left and it was i thought it was really fun like it was like i'm getting paid i mean it was a whole lot of money but yeah. like you know what i mean like, it's a ride around but, on your so, bike yeah i'm probably yeah, gonna have cool. to start yeah exactly like vroom, 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 vroom. <laughs> like although it was pretty amusing like i remember like some chicks in the marina like asking for like 10 cheeseburgers from mcdonald's <laughs> you know, shit like that like, it was really actually it was kind of i mean it was fun like you know retrospectively but i remember just being disgusted with what was happening is because this is 2014 right. and i remember yeah. being, i have made the right decision to get the fuck out of this city like i was people were ordering from uh, you know all those fucking apartment buildings that they built down in south of market by the ballpark yeah like they're all like fucking hotels. Yeah. Like it's so, and then I'd be in the elevator and you'd be with like, you could tell that like everybody had just gotten off the Google bus and they worked in the same apartment and now they're li they're going home to the same apartment. And I was like, we are this far away from syndicalist capitalism where like it's the company store and you're yeah. living in a company fucking, you're living in a, in a company owned apartment complex. Remember they built yeah. that Foods and the then the Castro, and all those people are going to the Whole Foods. Like, why doesn't Google just buy Whole Foods outright? Well, no, because like, it, because Amazon owns it. Because Amazon stop with Google, work for Google. You'll live in a Google fucking owned apartment complex, and that'll be the end of it. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, it was like it was so like I could oh I could smell it. It was so bad. It was crazy. Anyway, Amazon sorry. Amazon's like, the same way. Okay. Amazon owns owns Whole Foods, but. It's the same thing. You live, work. It's like um, coal miners, <laughs> yeah. Where they, exactly. you, you yeah. work on their dime. You yeah. live in their place. You shop at their store. They can do whatever they want with you. But the it's difference corporate. is that at Google, they're actually like giving them lots of food, <laughs> and they can have like hey. they've got like beer on Fridays, and I mean they've got yeah, yeah, yeah. they do they take care of them really well. I yeah, mean they, maybe their families never see them, but. Although that place is a shit show. Like I went on that motorcycle trip. I think I must've told you the story, but I went on a motorcycle road trip. It was like, I was constructing this like really 
unnecessarily elaborate fucking slingshot to get me out of that marriage that I was in. Yeah. And like before that I had been working for GoPro cameras, oh. but like really weird. Like they were, they, uh, but, um, I came back to the States. Wait, what? I've totally lost my train of thought now. Like when I came back, Oh yeah. When I came back to the States, I had cashed in my 401k dude oh. like, <laughs> to do the road trip. So I like went until the fucking money ran out. Like I did not go back to San Francisco until the money ran out, which is where my husband was in that apartment on Hyde street. And like, I, so I was at my parents' house cause I had no more money to go any further. Like I had left from Chicago to London and then I got back to Chicago and I was like totally stoned. You're, oh, we lost you. Yes. There you are. The connection is funky. Aaron Gannon, I've lost you. I've lost you. Did we ever, we never did a writing exercise. <laughs> We're just having a fun Zoom call with, with an American in Glasgow, Scotland, stuck there. Well, maybe it's mine. Maybe it's my thing. No, I don't know. It could have been me. Well, at any rate, you're listening to Mutiny Radio .fm and .sf. <laughs> we watched the parts of the inauguration. I didn't didn't actually get to see it. That's okay. I was uh, here fixing the uh, equipment with Bughouse Square, Sean came in to uh, do some cool stuff, fix things. All right. Well, it looks like that is it, folks. All right. I'm going to call unemployment, and we'll be back here on Mutiny Radio at noon. Hopefully, I, I need to talk to LaToya, and we'll see uh, what's up with that, if she's coming out later and uh, – and the whatnots. Let's 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 get we'll get her online. All right, some bug out square is in effect here on Mutiny Radio.
it's Bug Ass Square. It's uh, it's Tuesday. It's six o'clock. It's um, uh, it's windy, and it's warm. It's kind of kind of scary out there right now. Have you seen that vigilante man? Have you seen that vigilante man? Have you seen that vigilante man? I've been hearing his name all over the land. Hey, this week on Buckhouse Square, uh, what do I got going on? I got, uh, are you kidding me? Um, well, uh, Phil Spector died. Um, and they, it's like Phil Spector, you know, music producer, convicted, murderer. Yeah. Well, he's dead. So uh, I got some Phil Spector influence stuff. Just a few. Um, got a ton of contributors. Put out a, a thing. So we're gonna do a lot of uh, a lot of that as well. So uh, thanks for doing what you got to do. Do do. This is uh, Mutiny Radio. Yeah, in full effect. Stormy days, we pass the time away. Sleeping in some good warm place Man come along and we give him a little race Was that a vigilante man? Preacher Casey was just a working man And he said unite all you working men Kill him in the river some strange man was that a vigilante man Shotgun in his hand, would he shoot his brother, brother and sister, sister down? I rambled around from town to town. I rambled around from town to town. And they herded us around like a wild herd of cattle. Was that the vigilante men? Have you seen that vigilante man? Have you seen that vigilante man? I've heard his name all over the land. You never close your eyes anymore when I kiss your lips. There's no tenderness like report in your fingertips You're trying hard not to show it
Come free with me, come and love me, burst the shell with me, come be one, two, three with me, you and I and us. Jubilation, jubilation, it's the time to live, come be one, two, three with me, you and I and us. You're standing alone, empty, drowned in your shell, no singing of bells. Your coat isn't so high, your eyes from the sky, you're drowned, you can't fly. Come free with me, come and love me, burst the shell with me. Come be one, two, three with me, you and I and us. Jubilation. It's the time to live. Come be one, two, three with me, you and I and us. I'm standing alone, empty, drowned in my shell. No singing of bells. My coat prison so hides my eyes from the sky. Alone I can't fly. Come free with me. Come and love me. Burst the shell with me. Come. 
Sleepy golden storm. Yes, many love before us. I know that we are not new in cities and in forests. They smiled like me and you, but now it's come to distances, and both of us must try. Your eyes are soft with sorrow. Hey, that. I'm not looking for another as I wander in my time. Walk me to the corner, our steps will always rise. You know, my love goes with you. Your love stays with me. It's just the way it changes, like the shoreline and the sea. But let's not talk of love or chains and things we can't untie. Your eyes are soft with sorrow. Hey, that's no way to say goodbye. Sleepy golden storm. Yes, many love before us. I know that we are not new in cities and in forests. They smiled like me and you. But let's not talk of love or chains and things we can't untie. Your eyes are soft with sorrow. Hey, that. No way to say goodbye.
Standing on the corner, suitcase in my hand. Jackson's course Jane is in her vest. And me, I'm in a rock and roll band. Huh. Riding a studs back at Jim. You know, those were different times. All, all the poets, they studied rules of verse. And those ladies, they rolled their eyes Sweet Jane, oh, 
on the jack, he is a banker. And Jane, she is a clerk. And both of them save their monies. And when, when they come home from work, ooh, uh, sitting down by the fire. Soldiers, all your protesters, you can hear Jack say, Get rid of here. See Jack! Come on, baby. See Jack! See Jack! Some people, they like to go out dancing, and other people, they have to work. Just watch me now. There's even some evil mothers Well, they're gonna tell you that Everything is just dirt You know that women never really faint And that villains always blink their eyes Ooh. And that, you know, children are the only ones who blush And that life is just to Take it off. 